0: Welcome to the Good Fight Sports Podcast, your home for local sports here in the 574. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Good Fight Sports Podcast. My name is Kenny Kramer. Um, I am the, obviously, I'm the host. Um, It is Saturday, May 27th, and this is being recorded um, we're going to dive right in here. Um, couple of, um, sad news, sad things to bring across. Um, first, um, Cleveland Browns Hall of Famer, uh, and pro football Hall of Famer, Jim Brown, um, has passed away. Uh, he was 87, um, and he passed away, uh, May 18th, um, out in los angeles so condolences to his family um with that the other th- the other um sad news we have to bring uh is former new prairie cougar and current uh Olivet nazarene basketball player brandon flag uh, has also passed away um, and he was in a car accident thursday uh, and that's per whme reports Um, And our deepest condolences go out to his family and friends as well. With that, we're going to move on to lighter news. Um, First off, the the Hoosier North uh, has added two more teams uh, in all sports. Um, They are Oregon Davis and Argus. And they will be joining the conference um, in 2024-25. So not this upcoming school year but the next school year they will be officially in the Hoosier North Athletic Conference and Oregon Davis and Argus were uh, previously in the Hoosier Plains Conference which was a conference that did not have all sports Um, a lot of it was mainly basketball um, soccer A lot of it had to do with soccer. It was mainly a basketball and soccer conference. um, And I don't know what the Hoosier Plains conference is going to do without Argus. Uh, Oregon Davis, uh, Hoosier Plains is getting a big upgrade uh, by not having Oregon Davis in the conference. Uh, The Hoosier North, however, it's taking a big step back by allowing Oregon Davis to come in in all sports Um, Just for the reason that Oregon Davis and Arcus do not have football. Um, So that's two schools that won't be in the conference, uh, won't be in the football end of the conference, but will be in the soccer, uh, basketball, um, I think a little bit of track. I don't know for sure. I know there's going to be a lot of schools for soccer because the Hoosier North was a big soccer conference. Um, But, The Hoosier Plains um, losing two schools and the Hoosier North adding two schools. I don't see why the Hoosier North added Oregon Davis just for the simple reason that Oregon Davis, um, I'm going to be quite honest and quite straightforward here, Oregon Davis doesn't have a lot of good sports teams very often. Uh, The last time Oregon Davis had a good sports team was the girls basketball team when they were on, uh, under the uh, uh, head coach of Terry Minnix. Uh He was a really good coach for uh, OD. Back in the... I mean, he was there for a while. Uh, I think he left in 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. He decided to either step down or retire. Uh, I don't know for sure the information there maybe someone can reach out to me and tell me exactly what happened there. Argus, on the other hand, is a good uh, fit for the Hoosier North um, without having football. Just for the simple fact that it gives you another soccer school um, because Argus does not have a football team. They focus primarily on soccer and they do a great job of focusing on soccer they are really good in soccer in both boys and girls um i think they also they do have baseball and i think softball too Uh, i don't think oregon davis has softball if i'm not mistaken i could be mistaken if i am someone please correct me um, and that would be greatly appreciated uh moving on elkhart has found its new uh, boys basketball coach in will cody uh, he has been with the school 12 years and uh, he was the girls basketball coach and he helped uh, rebuild the girls program um, finishing at or above five hundred six of the last seven seasons so he's had quite a bit of su- uh, success there on the girls end uh, we'll see how that uh, entails to flipping over to the boys end of things because it is a lot different. Um, it's fast-paced. Um, it's with and and with and with the rule changes too. It's going to be a lot different. Um, if you weren't aware in our last podcast that we did, we talked about the new rule changes and that um, those rule changes are uh, there will be no uh, one and ones for um, free, throw, uh, free throws. Uh, they will be strictly going to – teams will be strictly going to the bonus uh, at five fouls, uh, and that will be two shots and not one-and-one, and, one, and those fouls will reset every quarter. So basically it's going to be a less-time uh, less, less time NBA game. Uh, instead of playing 12-minute quarters, they will play eight-minute quarters. Uh, that's what high school does uh, for varsity. Uh, so it's it's gonna it's gonna be weird. I think it's gonna take a little bit of adjusting to, um, mainly probably for the fan aspect. I think the players will kind of easily grab on because they easily adapt to different things. But I think the fans and maybe some of the referees are gonna have to get used to the new uh, free throw rule change. Um, and then that also goes with a uh, position where the ball is. If a team is not in the bonus, um, if I'm not mistaken, if it's past the 28 foot line, uh, the ball's taken out by half court. Um, If it's inside the 28 foot line, the ball's taken out on on the baseline. Um, Again, if I'm wrong, someone please correct me. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Moving on now to LaVille girls track, Uh, the girls track team, three of the girls track members uh, went to the Goshen regionals. Um, I apologize for leaving uh, one person out, and that was Mariah Richart. Mariah Richart also moved on to the Goshen Regionals, uh, which were May 23rd, um, hosted at Goshen High School. Uh, and Lucy Sh- uh, Lucy Shirk finished, it, uh, finished in fifth place in shot put, uh, and she also uh, uh, had a personal best in that one, 38 feet, 6 inches, um, and Brooke Edison finished eleventh in high jump. Uh, she cleared uh, four. She cleared four uh, ten, but did not um, make it past five foot, uh, and that put her eleventh um, in high jump. And uh, also, Mariah Richhart did not move on either. Um, but Mariah Richard is also gaining a lot of experience uh, and knowledge for next year on what she needs to do to get better. What she needs to do in the off season and how um, basically, basically, how like what to expect at the uh, next level, and the next level being at regionals. Uh, it's sectionals is one thing, but what you're, when you're going to regional, you're 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 going for a shot for uh, to make it down the state. Um, so we'll. It's going to be awesome to see what Mariah Richard does next season in girls track. Uh, now we're going to move on to softball girls softball NCAA this is uh, and there is a lot of news here for um, the Los Angeles regional and that was hosted at UCLA so we're going to start off May 19th a Grand Canyon University knocked off the number two ranked UCLA Bruins by the score of three to two. Um Madison Madison Schaefer hit a three-run home run in the fourth uh, for the Lopes to make the score three-one, um, and that was all uh, starting pitcher um, Emily Darwin needed to get the W. Um, she uh, and she improves to nine and three on the year. Um, so Emily Darwin got the win, but starting pitcher Megan Golden went two and a third. With three hits, one earned run, and one strikeout, uh, but she finished with a buck ninety-three ERA. That's a one point nine three earned run average. It's pretty good. I, I mean, <laughs> holding someone under two—that's pretty darn good for for what I am uh, what I am thinking. Um, and on the losing end, uh, Bruins pitcher Megan uh, Far- uh, Fararimo went tw- uh, finished is now twenty-nine and three. Uh, went three and a third, gave up two hits, three earned runs, but she had six strikeouts and a 1.43 ERA. Uh, so it's strike there a lot of strikeouts there, but um, crucial crucial hits um, for for the lopes at, at different times. Um, and that was that was the key. Um and it's and with this win, uh the lopes improved to 47, 11, 47 and eleven on the year. I'll say that three times fast. Uh, but this is also coming after the lopes lost to the Bruins last year, twelve to one. Um and now the uh now GCU will face San Diego State, uh, who is thirty-seven and fifteen uh and if you're wondering how um, the softball NCAA softball uh, bracket is set up for regional, it is a double elimination uh, bracket. So if you lose, you go into uh, the, the, the loser's end. Uh, if you lose again, then you're, you're on the hot seat. Um, and in the other game uh, for GCU when they played San Diego State, uh, they got walloped six to nothing. Uh, as Azte- Aztec pitcher Sarah Layman uh, had a no hitter through four innings, uh, and she faced thirteen batters and had six strikeouts. Um, the only two hits of the game came from Dee Hernandez. Uh, and she allowed two hits, struck out four in two innings. Um, and then Allie Light closed out the game for uh, the Aztecs. Through a combined two-hitter. My bad. She closed out the game uh, with two strikeouts, didn't allow a hit. Uh, So for the game, it was a combined two-hitter between those three pitchers, and they had 12 total strikeouts. Uh, The Lopes uh, moved on to play Liberty in the elimination game. Um, And when they played Liberty, um, well, we'll, well, you'll find out what happens when they play Liberty. Um, but Liberty knocked off number two UCLA as well, so UCLA got knocked out of their own regional at home. By the way, which is crazy. No, I don't. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Uh, if they did, um, they're a genius. Uh, that's what I gotta say. They're a genius. Um, I I never saw this coming, but then again, I really wasn't paying attention to it. To be quite honest, um, it it was definitely surprising when I saw this one. So Liberty knocked off number two UCLA. Uh, Liberty now forty and twenty one, and UCLA fifty two and seven on the year. And this was Saturday, May twentieth. Um, and that final score was two to one in favor of the Flames. Uh, Flames pitcher uh, Carly Kini went is now twenty six and eleven. Went seven innings. Um, allowing just one walk and one earned run on seven hits and two strikeouts, and um, the losing pitcher Brooke uh, Yanez for UCLA now sixteen and three went six uh, six and two thirds, uh, allowing uh, two walks, two hits, three hits, two earned runs, three hits, and nine strikeouts, and she finished with a buck ninety nine ERA. Um, so a good ERA. Uh, and a lot of strikeouts, but I, once again, it was those crucial hits that really hurt uh, the UCLA pitching staff, and Liberty Liberty cashed in on it. I mean, that's what you got to do to beat these teams. You have to be opportunistic and seek out those hits in order to get uh, the upsets. So Liberty faced GCU in the next game, and this was a uh, elimination game, uh, and Liberty Kind of took it to GCU. They won five to one to advance to the championship game of the um, Los Angeles Regional. The um, Flames pitcher again, Carly Keeney, went seven innings. Uh, she just allowed three hits, one earned run, but had two strikeouts. And uh, the Lopes pitchers got flamed, uh, pun intended, um, <laughs> allowing nine total hits. Uh, five of which came from Ariel Thompson uh, and the Lopes finished the year, 47 and 13. Um, so a great a great season for um, the GCU softball team. A lot of things that they can improve on for next year is making sure that they finish games, making sure that they get up for games. Uh, you can't let opponents, your opponent dictate tempo of the game especially in softball or even if it's baseball one of the both of those sports you don't have to be pushing tempo in the game um, especially in college where there is no pitch clock and and softball I, I don't know the rules of professional softball so i can't talk about that much but in baseball in professional baseball you got pitch clocks and they kind of want the game to go college baseball high school baseball you have the advantage of there is no pitch clock Uh, And that game just comes to you naturally. It's the way baseball is supposed to be played. Uh, No clock, no nothing, just baseball. Uh, And speaking, oh, my bad, Uh, we got to move on to the championship game of the Los Angeles Regional. And San Diego State won that on May 21st, and they advanced to the uh, Super Regional in Salt Lake City, and they will play the 15-seed Utah uh, Utes. And that is hosted at Utah, but it's in Salt Lake City. Um, the GCU baseball team, by the way, um, is now, now won the um, WAC regular season title. Uh, that is the conference that um, GCU is in, uh, in all sports. Um, and they won this for a third straight time. And this marks their fifth title in six seasons. So... Regular season championships for GCU. Hey, that's pretty darn good when you have five of six, and you've had, and you now have three straight. Um, they will now go to the tournament of of uh, the uh, WAC, and uh, unfortunately, they came up short in that tournament. Did not make it to the championship game. Uh, they got routed by Sam Houston State, the number two seed. I believe it was twenty-two to eight. Uh, so just absolutely demolished uh, they had a sh- now, GCU had a shot to make it a game uh, they had it down to 16 to seven at one point uh, and then 16 eight at one point but they could not get it any closer um, Sam Houston State just jumped all over GCU right off the bat uh, and it was never close um, and then unfortunately GCU season comes to an end there uh, they They could make it to um, the uh, NCAA baseball uh, tournament. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I I think they have a shot at doing it, um, but I wouldn't. If you were out there cheering for uh, Lopes uh, baseball, I I wouldn't be holding my breath on that. It's one of those where they probably should have won the WAC title. Because uh, then they would be automatically qualified for the tournament, but unfortunately they lost, and they've lost, and they lost twice, so they got knocked out. Uh, so we'll see if they make the tournament or not. We'll see uh, if they do or if they don't. We will bring that news to you at the proper time. Now we move to Notre Dame, and we've got a lot of Notre Dame news to cover. So we're kind of kind of we're gonna kind of go kind of quickly here. Um, but cover a lot of it. So Notre Dame got a commitment from three-star inside line, uh, linebacker Brody. Brody Cajun from Roanoke, Virginia. This is the 16th commit for the Irish in the 2024 class, uh, and this is ranked number four in the nation according to uh, 247sports.com. So a lot a lot of what you're going to hear uh, ranking-wise is going to come from 247 sports. Not because I think they are um, right. I, I just I, I, I use two four seven sports. Uh, they are the first place that I go to, so I get all of my recruiting information on Notre Dame from them. Uh, they all, uh, so Notre Dame also landed four star defensive and and edge rusher Logan Thomas. Uh, this was a coveted four star pickup for the Irish, uh, and he picked the Irish over Arizona, Colorado, Georgia. Oklahoma Ole Miss LSU Texas Texas A&M and USC um, in addition to this um, they had Notre Dame had a four-star commit also decommit uh, and this was a mutual affair by both parties uh, the commit um, that decommitted is Owen Wayful. yes you and so the saying is now yes uh, Owen Wayful did waffle Um, but it's okay. Um, you're going to have this sometimes a a lot of it's, a lot of it's where, you know, you, you recruit someone and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to play for you. I want to do this. I want to do that. Uh, maybe their grades are not where Notre Dame's, um, standards are. Maybe he wants to stay close to family. I don't know the exact reason. Uh, But there's a lot of hypothetical out there that he might end up at Michigan, um, also known as Meat Chicken, playing for the former defensive line coach at Notre Dame, Mike Elston, who's now up at Meat Chicken. Um, In other Notre Dame news, and this one is um, a fun fact here too, uh, the Notre Dame-Navy game is now uh, a sellout, and that was announced by Notre Dame, um, which is not surprising. The surprising thing is, and the fun fact of this game too, it is now going to be a new world record for Americans traveling internationally for a single game. It is estimated that 39,000-plus people from America are going to be traveling to Ireland to watch Notre Dame and Navy play. Um, And Aviva Stadium, where the game is happening uh only f- uh holds 51,700 so that leaves 12,000 seats open and who knows if that's going to be all um irish people and i say that for the uh, ireland um who knows there could be more than 39,000 Americans there. I would not be surprised in the slightest. A lot of those are going to be Notre Dame fans. But a lot of it, I believe, are going to be the uh, midshipmen that's going to be traveling over. Obviously, you got the football team, but that I don't think they count as um, stats for people traveling internationally. Uh, I, I think they might bring a lot of midshipmen to the game. A lot of cadets no cadets they're not cadets that's army my bad uh if you're a navy fan i'm sorry i apologize i go navy beat army um but yeah it's i think they're gonna bring a lot of um midshipmen over um they usually do the last time they played which is back in 2012 i believe navy had a good showing of midshipmen there um but we'll see we'll see um so uh, Notre Dame-Lacrosse, um, and we have some big news for Notre Dame-Lacrosse. So we're going to go back all the way to May 21st here. Notre Dame beat Johns Hopkins 12-9. Uh, that was Sunday, May 21st in Annapolis, um, where Navy is located. So Jack Simmons and Jake Taylor for the Irish, both tallied hat tricks in the game. Uh, Chris Cavanaugh, and Jalen uh, Seymour both had two goals as well. Uh, Notre Dame was in control of the entire game, possession and shot-wise. Uh, so Notre Dame now moves on to face Virginia in the semifinals next Saturday in Philadelphia, uh, Saturday being today, May 27th, and we will have news uh, and coverage on that game here in a little bit. Goalie Liam, Liam Entman. Uh, was named goalie of the year by USILA that is the United States Intercollegiate Lacrosse Association so he currently has 166 saves on the season and that is a 5 points uh, that is a 56.7 save percentage so not quite sh- uh, not quite shabby um, he's I believe he's ranked number 4 in uh, goalies for lacrosse in the NCAA and that's all schools that play lacrosse. now getting to the big game of the day, Notre Dame, Virginia was today and Notre Dame came back from a three point deficit in the fourth quarter. Mind you to beat Virginia in overtime, 13 to 12 to move on in the, to move on in the tournament to the national championship game, uh, which will be, uh, Monday, um, And that would be the 29th of May. So, in the game, uh, the Irish scored with 32 and a half seconds left in the game to force uh, overtime. And then Brian Tevlin won it for the Irish with just over three and a half minutes left in the overtime period. Uh, And in the cross, it is um, you score a goal. That we we end it there. It's only basically it's um it's do or die, um so and the Irish and the Irish came out on top, um and the scoring for Notre Dame lacrosse and for Notre Dame was just pff, un- unreal. So Eric Dobson finished with four goals, Pat Kavanaugh two, Jack Simmons two, Jake Taylor two. Brian Tevlin won, Chris Tavanall won, and Ben Ramsey won. And that was all of the scoring by Notre Dame. Uh, so the Irish are now 13-2. We'll move on to play Duke Monday in Philadelphia for the national championship. Uh, the last time these two schools have met, uh, Notre Dame won pretty handedly up in Arlotta Stadium in South Bend. I expect Duke to come out and play a lot better in that game. But, I mean, the amount, the the high that Notre Dame is feeling right now, you almost have to think, it's like, oh, boy, we hope they don't come out and lay an egg in the game because you you have a high right now of beating Virginia, and you're going to come out and you might lay an egg in the next game. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully Notre Dame comes out strong like they did tonight. Um, today against virginia notre dame got out to a two nothing lead pretty quickly very quickly honestly um and from then on it was it was a basically a game of cat and mouse one team would score the other team would score uh virginia got up by virginia scored three in a row um and then notre dame answered to tie the game but then um it was a lot of just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. No team had a lead of more than um, a goal up until the fourth quarter when Virginia had a three-point lead. Um, so in the game, Liam Entman had 11 saves, and Virginia goalie Matthew Nunes had 17, which was a career high for Nunes in the game uh, against Notre Dame. And in the last game that they played, Virginia and Notre Dame have played twice. Both times Virginia has won, one in Arlotta Stadium and one in Charlottesville. Uh, the last time they played in Charlottesville, uh, Nunes had 16 saves against the Irish to get a 12-8 win over the Irish again uh, to go to 2-0 against the Irish on the season. But in this game, the Irish came uh, came up strong and prevailed in the game. Uh, so Notre Dame is now one and two against Virginia on the year, and the one game where it actually mattered, they got the win. Um, so we will we will inform you on what happens um, on Monday uh, on who wins the national championship in the cross. Final news of college sports. Uh, this also affects high school sports in the state of Michigan. Uh, so Michigan State-Penn State, Penn state um, was supposed to be Saturday. Uh, they have moved it to Friday, Black Friday in Detroit. Uh, and the big news about this is it will push the state finals for football in the state of Michigan back to both Saturday and Sunday. I've seen a lot of feedback on people not happy that uh, high school games will be happening on a Sunday. Um, there is also other states where they do do this. I don't know if it works. I know Indiana does Friday and Saturday. That seems to work best for the kids, um, and I, I think uh, Indiana should keep it. It's Friday and Saturday. You do not need to do Sunday because you, you you won't have a good crowd because a lot of the people are going to be like, hey, we have things to do. We have church. We have this. We have that. We have we go over to family and we see family. So I don't ever see Indiana moving um, the high school football state finals to Saturday and Sunday. Uh, even if there was a schedule conflict, um, I I just don't see it, see it happening. All right. NBA conference finals, a lot to cover here, a lot to cover here. So Um, May 19th, that was a Friday night. Miami defeated Boston, 111-105, to take a 2-0 series lead. Uh, Jimmy Butler had 27 points, and Caleb Martin had 25. And then Bam um, Adebayo had 22 points and 17 rebounds. Uh, For the Celtics, Jason Tatum had 34 points and 13 rebounds. Uh, No one else was close to him on, on scoring. In the Western Conference, uh, the Nuggets defeated the Lakers Saturday, May 20th to take a commanding 3-0 series lead. Jamal Murray once again dominant with 37 points. Um, Jokic added 24 points, and um, Michael Porter Jr. added 17 points and 14 rebounds. Um, For the Lakers, Anthony Davis finished with a double-double with 28 points and 18 rebounds, and LeBron James added 23 points and 12 assists. And um, Reeves also uh, did, uh, also scored 23 points in the game as well. Back to the Eastern Conference. Miami routed Boston in Game 3, 128-102 Sunday night, May 21st, to go up 3-0. Uh, Jimmy Butler had 29 points, and Duncan Robinson added 22. Uh, this was not a good night for Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum only had 14 points and 10 rebounds. And Jalen Brown had 12 points. Um, so now we're going to move over back again to the Western Conference Finals, and Denver swept the Lakers with a 113-111 win uh, Monday night, May 22nd. Jokic uh, grabbed his eighth his eighth triple double of the postseason with 30 points, 14 rebounds, and 13 assists. Jamal Murray added 25. Aaron Gordon had 22. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had 15 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, For the Lakers, LeBron James had a game-high 40 points and grabbed 10 rebounds. And Anthony Davis had 21 points and 14 rebounds as well. Nuggets are going to their first ever NBA Finals uh, in franchise history. And they will await the winner of Miami and Boston. Speaking of which, Boston in game five, um, Boston in game four forces a game five um, with a 116 99 win. Jason Tatum had 33 points and 11 rebounds. Jimmy Butler had 29 points for the Heat. And Miami is now up three games to one. Uh, Celtics, again, got a 13-point win this time in Game 5 in Boston. Uh, that was Thursday, May 26th. Uh, Boston had four players with 20-plus points. Um, they were led by Derek White with 24. Marcus Smart had 23. Jalen Brown had 23. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both had 20, 23. Um Let's see, no. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both had 21. My bad. Tatum also uh, dished out 11 assists in the game as well. Uh, For the Heat, no one finished over 19 points. The high point man for Miami was Duncan Robinson with 18 points. (laughs) And I believe Jimmy Butler had his worst game of the playoffs in this game. Uh, He only scored 14 points, but that, that's that's not the issue I have. The issue that I have is he had a negative 24 plus minus for the game. So, and if you're wondering what that means, that basically means when Jimmy Butler was on the court, Miami was down by 24 points on average. That's ridiculous. The, the highest player for the Heat was Duncan Robinson, and he had a plus seven. So that means when Duncan Robinson was on the court, Miami was... Ahead by 7. That's not good. And for Boston, I believe the starting 5 all was over plus 20, which was ridiculous. So Miami now leads three games to two. And game 6 right now is happening. We're going to give a live score update uh, on this game right now as I look it up real quick to see who's in the lead here. Um, in this game. So we'll see really quick here. Who's up. Um, looks like Boston is going to win game six, Boston. It looks like Boston is going to finish. It's going to force, um, a game seven. They have now won, it looks like they have now won three games in a row now. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of watching to make sure I don't see any different stats come up here. Um, Yeah, there's 16.9 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Boston leads 102-101. I do believe that game is over now. So I'm going to say Boston forces a game seven. And what's funny about this is Richard Jefferson, former Cleveland Cavaliers player, um, stated that Boston was going to come back from a 3-0 deficit for the first time ever in NBA history and moved on to the finals. I didn't think it was possible. I thought that either Miami was going to sweep or they would do a gentleman's sweep of uh, Boston, which is winning 4-1 instead of 4-0. Looks like everyone is going to be wrong. Looks like everyone is going to be wrong. I did not see this happening. Um, Boston beating Miami again for a third straight time. So if you're now Miami, what do you do? I mean, what do you do? How do you how do you get back into the back into things? Because you've now lost three in a row. You were up three games to nothing, and you have allowed Boston to come back in the game, and in the series. And we'll, we'll give some scores right now. We'll give some uh, player stats. Jason Tatum, thirty-one points, eleven rebounds. Marcus Smart has twenty-one. Jalen Brown had twenty-six. Uh, For the Heat, Jimmy Butler had a double-double, 21 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, Bam Adebayo had 11 points, 13 rebounds. Kayla Martin had 21 points, 15 rebounds. So Miami had three players with a double-double, but it doesn't look like it was enough. Um, And Duncan Robinson only had 13 points and only grabbed one rebound. So, oh, man. I just did not see this happening at all. Wow. I think the Celtics are going to win the series. I think they're going to be the first team in uh, NBA history to come back from a 3-0 series, from a 3-0 deficit in a series. As of right now, any team in the NBA playoffs that is up three games to to nothing is 150-0. Denver, Uh, was that plus one to that stat when they beat uh, Los Angeles to move on to the uh, NBA Finals. Uh, If they would have lost that game, um, since they won the game, teams up until that game were 149-0. So 150-0 are teams that lead three games to nothing. And it looks like this could be 150 and one with Miami being that one team that could not close out the Celtics. I did not see this going seven games after um, Miami got it to three. 0 I did not see it going seven six. I could, I could theoretically see it. Cause Boston was like, all right, we need to get one that way. We don't get swept, but it's like, dude, I did not see a game seven coming. Um, Moving on now. Uh, off of the NBA. NHL. Um, haven't really covered the NHL a lot. Uh, they're right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mostly now it is conference conference finals. And the Florida Panthers swept the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals Wednesday, May 25th, uh, to reach their second Stanley Cup uh, in franchise history. Um, and they faced the winner of Vegas and Dallas, the so Vegas Knights, and the Dallas Stars. Um, and in the game for um, f- the Florida Panthers, goalie um, Sergey Bobros- uh, Bob Bob had thirty six saves, and that's a ninety two percent save percentage um, of the thirty nine shots that he faced. Um, and on the flips, on the other side of the ice. Uh, Frederick Anderson finished with 20 saves of the 24 shots that he that he faced and that's a 83.3 save percentage um, in the Western Conference Dallas Stars have forced a game five in the Western Conference finals Thursday May 26th Jason Robertson for the Stars had two goals uh, and Jake um, um, Oninger had 37 saves for the stars and has a ninety four point nine percent save percentage and that was of 39 shots that he faced Uh, on the flip side uh, Vegas Knights goalie Aiden Hill finished with 39 saves of the 42 shots that he faced and that's a 92.9 save percentage and Vegas now leads three games to one Uh, however that has now changed. Uh, the Vegas Knights picked up a win in Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals and now will face the Florida Panthers in the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, Vegas got the win 4-2 to two tonight uh, against the Stars. So we will have the Panthers versus the Knights in the Stanley Cup Final. And my prediction is I think that the Vegas Knights are going to get their first Stanley Cup final. In franchise history. Uh, They've made it to. uh, The Stanley Cup final before. uh, But came up short. When they played. um, Alex Ovechkin. And the Washington Capitals. Some NFL news. We're going to cover really quickly. Um, A new rule change. Has been. um, Established. um, And that is. Touchbacks on kickoffs. And punts will come out to the 25-yard line. um, And there's been heavy pushback on this rule, especially from Pat McAfee um, against this, um, stating that this takes away from strategy of the game. um, And um, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid also said, if we're going to do this, let's just make it flag football. We're coming pretty close to it anyway. Um, And he's not wrong. Um, the, The game has gotten a lot more... Um, yes, they're making it safer, but they're almost making it to that point where it's too safe. Like we all know that football is a violent sport in the first place, but you know to make it less violent—that's one thing to do. But just to go out of your way sometimes to make things less violent is just annoying. And I find this to be kind of annoying too. It's like, what, what, what do you? What are the benefits of this? What are the what are the benefits? Because what I see is this takes away on field position later on in the game. If a team doesn't have timeouts and needs to pin someone back deep, um, teams can now just take a fair catch and get the ball at the twenty-five yard line. And I, I I just don't I just don't agree with that. Anyway, uh, the Arizona Cardinals have released DeAndre Hopkins after three seasons. Um, he racked up a total of 221 catches for 2,696 yards and 17 touchdowns. Uh, and the, the future with the Cardinals had been in question ever since the end of 2022, especially during the draft. But uh, Arizona did not deal him out during that. Um, and he has a very high cap hit to the team as well and that was a 30.75 million dollar cap hit um, which definitely hurt any sort of idea of hiring someone else hiring an intern doing something like that because you're using a lot of data to get that when you could be spending that data somewhere else and with that we're we're going to leave qualifying to um the separate um indie car indie 500 show we will start with qualifying and we will end with the 500 um we had some uh some other things planned out but uh we were unable to, to get it together due to uh cars being out of commission and just no sort of uh frame uh, set schedule um So when we do come back, we will come back strong. We will make sure that we respond to everybody um, in our own time. So please be patient with us. Uh, With that, we are going to wrap up today's show. This was episode 13 of the Good Fight Sports Podcast. I'm I'm your host, Kenny Kramer. So long, everybody. Hey, guys. It's Kenny, host of The Good Fight. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to hear more, you can check out our website at thelugnutspodcastgroup.com for all information related to the podcast and where to listen to us. You can also follow the Patreon page for exclusive benefits for the show. Join us next time for The Good Fight.